Thank you for listening to another inspiring message from the Movement Church. To find out more about the Movement Church, you can check out our website at theocmovement.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The OC Movement. All right. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Good. We're still figuring this out, so I'm sorry if the table was obscuring your vision of the announcements this morning. We're, we're working out the details here. I don't know about you, but I'm so excited. So I know that Pastor Kerry and I, we're just going to ramble a lot today about how excited we are about this, about taking this next step as a church, but we just can't help it because looking out in this room and, and seeing all of your gorgeous faces here this morning, to me, it's just a reminder of God's faithfulness. And so we have been talking about, we're in the middle of this series, Till All Have Heard. And last week we said, it's time to move, right? And we talked about just remembering the faithfulness of God and And I just want to kind of continue there this morning with you. If you have your Bibles, you are going to be turning to Psalm 107. And listen, if you have the Bible app on your phone, you version, I think, can we text notes? Text notes to the number on the screen. It's going to come in just a minute, I think. You're going to text notes to the number on the screen, and you will get notes in your YouVersion Bible app that you can follow along with. You can add notes to it. I'm telling you, it's a great way to go through the week and remember all the things that God has been doing in your heart on a Sunday. So this is a great opportunity. You can text notes to the number on the screen. You're going to get those notes, and we're going to dive right in. Are you ready? Awesome. I can see all of your faces in this building, and I'm so excited. So you have got to smile at me and look alive because I'm going to know if you're interested today, okay? I can see you. I couldn't see you in the theater. I can see you now. So be with me today and let me know you're here. Psalm 107, verse 2 says this. Has the Lord redeemed you? Has the Lord redeemed you? Then speak out. Tell others. Has the Lord redeemed you? Then speak out. Tell others. Has anything ever happened so exciting in your world that you just couldn't help but tell everyone you know about it? Can anybody relate to that? For my husband and I, we're foodies. We are. And most of you should know this by now, okay? But we like to eat. And we like good restaurants. And if you know us, you probably know that our three clutch restaurants are the Schwack in Dana Point. La Serena in Laguna Beach, and Pizza Port in San Clemente. Are you with me? I'm telling you, these are great restaurants. And we're going to tell you about it because we believe that this is great food and you need to try it, right? For some of you crazy people in this room this morning, you are Pokemon Go players. I know you are. You're hiding it. You're secretly playing. Listen, don't catch Pokemon during the sermon today. Maybe outside later. But from what I understand and have been told by Tyler Gordy, which has been confirmed by his father, Scott Gordy, (laughs) there is a very rare Pokemon creature called, let me see if I do it right, Gyarados? Gyarados. His wife, Gurley, knows it too. (laughs) A family that plays Pokemon together stays together, right? Gyarados. And if you play Pokemon Go and you catch a Gyarados, then you are going to tell everyone about it. Because like Pastor Scott told me this morning, it takes like 40 pieces of candy, I think. (laughs) 
I don't know what that means, but I bet if you play, you're going to tell everybody about it, right? And if you're a millennial in the room and you are having a great hair day or you really like your outfit, you're going to post a selfie on social media so the entire world can see it, aren't you? I know. This is what we do when we're excited about things, when we want to tell people about things. In fact, we have a cute couple in our church who is having a baby, and they did a gender reveal party. And I don't know that we have the, do we have the video sound team? Like, give me the wave. No video, so we only have a picture. So show me that picture really quickly. Jaslyn and Garrett are having a boy, and they want to tell everyone about it. Because when awesome things are happening in our world, when something great is going on, we want to tell people about it. We get excited about it. We want to tell people about it. Let me ask you a question. Why is it sometimes hard to share about what God is doing in our life? Why is it sometimes hard to share about what God has done in our lives? Is it that we are a little bit embarrassed? Or... Or maybe we don't want to offend somebody with our story and our journey of faith. Is it that we're trying to be politically correct? I want to encourage you today as we dive into this message, let's not work so hard to make God politically correct. Let's just tell the story of who God is and the amazing things he's done in our life. And if you're here today for the first time and you haven't started a relationship with God, maybe today you're just checking things out and you don't know where you stand on this faith journey. Hey, permission to belong before you believe. You are welcome here today. Just sit back and relax and listen and just see what maybe God might want to speak to your heart. And for those of us who are here and you call yourself a Christ follower, could we challenge ourselves a little this morning? That just as excited as we get about places to eat, Pokemon Go, selfies on Instagram, baby reveals that possibly we could get that excited about what God's doing in our life. Can we pray and jump in this morning? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Jesus, I just come before you right now. I thank you for what you're doing in this place. God, I just thank you that you got us in here. And I thank you that you've got good things ahead of us. So today, would you open our hearts to what you have to say? For each and every one of us in this room, would you speak directly to us? In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen. That just means I agree. If you don't like that, you can say, what, what? That'll work too. Psalm 107.2, we're going to jump in again. And I'm reading this from the Passion Translation. I just love how it sounds. And it says this, let everyone give all their praise and their thanks to the Lord. Here's why. Are you ready for this? He's better than anyone could ever imagine. He's better than anyone could ever imagine. Yes, he's always so loving and kind, and it never ends. Go ahead. Let everyone know it. Tell the world how he broke through and delivered you from the power of darkness. Tell the world how he delivered you from darkness and gathered us together from all over the world. He has set us free to be his very own. This is the scripture we're reading from today, and this is the the basis of till all have heard. The goal is when God has done something amazing in our life, we have an obligation to speak out, to tell everyone we know about it, because God wants to bring this message of hope to the entire world, and you and I are a part of that. 
So as we dive through the book of Psalm chapter 107, I want to unpack for you four different people that this chapter talks about. And maybe today you're in this room and maybe you identify with one of these people as your current reality. Maybe, maybe what I'm going to unpack for you today is where you are right now. And that's okay, because what the scripture is going to show you is that there is hope moving forward. And maybe what I'm going to unpack for you today is simply your story. Maybe what you experienced, and then you encountered God. And if that's the case, that's awesome too. It's time to tell somebody about it. So wherever you're at today, whatever you identify with in this message, God has something in store for all of us. So are you with me? You ready to do this? Listen, your past and your present reality is simply a building block for God's purpose and possibility. Your past and your present reality is simply a building block for God's, for God's purpose and possibility. This Psalms is just a reminder of that. It's a commission and a call to action. And the first person I want to talk to you about is found in Psalm chapter 107, verse 4. And this person, I like to call him or her the wanderer, the wanderer. It says in Psalm 107.4, some of us wandered in the wilderness like desert nomads with no true direction or dwelling place. The NLT version says lost and homeless. Have any of you ever felt like you were just walking aimlessly through life? Can anyone identify with that? Just kind of walking through the motions of life, but it almost feels a little bit meaningless. Like I'm not really even sure why I'm here in the first place. Am I, even, am I even taking steps in the right direction? Can you, can you identify with the wanderer? Maybe you've been here before. Maybe, maybe you're currently here and you feel stuck in a, in a situation where it's just like, I don't really even know if I'm making much progress. I don't, I don't even know which way to look or to turn. Maybe you identify with that. And the verse continues. It says this, starving, thirsty, staggering. We become desperate and filled with despair. You know, I was thinking about being thirsty, and, and this week, and don't judge me because you're all part of Orange County with me, it was hot. It was so hot, and I was so thirsty all week long. Like, I just needed a great big jug of ice water all week, and there was a day where I didn't have my water with me, and I was so thirsty that my mouth was dry and sticking together, and I, I was getting angry. Have any of you ever felt that way? Like when you're thirsty and you're just like, I'm so irritable right now. Like if, if somebody talks to me, I'm just going to snap at them. Like that's how I felt this week because I was so thirsty. And this scripture, it's describing starving, thirsting, staggering. We become desperate and filled with despair. And I think that we can probably identify with that, right? And when we talk about this wanderer, I picture like a desert nomad. In fact, I picture this scene from the, the great cult classic, Mad Max. And I just pa- picture, I, don't judge me for what movies I'm showing this morning. We're not showing the movie, just, just the picture, okay? And so I just picture someone in the middle of the desert, in the middle of the wilderness, just aimlessly walking and searching and trying to find meaning to life, but so desperately thirsty that's just like, I just need to get my hands on some water. And that's what I picture when I picture this. In fact, the last scene in the new version of Mad Max, Mad Max says this statement, where must we go? We who wander this wasteland in search of our better selves. I just picture someone wandering the desert searching for their better self. 
Like, how do I find meaning in all of this? Where do I find purpose? Which direction do I go? And, you know, I just think we can identify. We live uh, about two miles from the beach. And, and I took my girls one day on a long walk. And we decided to walk from our house to the beach. And so we were really excited about that when we started out, right? And so we got out, we had on our workout gear, we're like heading down to the beach. It's mostly downhill, by the way. Can I add that part in? And, and we're heading to the beach and it was a great walk, like awesome. And we got there and we stood and we breathed in the salt water, fresh air, and it was amazing. And we were just a little bit hot and thirsty at that point. So we went to get a drink and the water fountain was broken. And it became clear that this was going to be a long walk home. And so I have my two girls, and I, I don't know if you know this, but the Robinson girls can be slightly dramatic. I know that I'm one of the Robinson girls. And so we can be slightly dramatic. And we started the long trek home to our, the two-mile trek. But remember, we came two miles before, so we had to go two miles back. I have a 12-year-old and a 7-year-old. Okay, this was a long walk. Okay, so we started the walk back to our house without any water. And at that point, the, the clouds began to part, the beautiful clouds that had been covering the sun. And the bright sunshine began to beam through straight to our bodies. And we began to sweat and our skin began to burn and mine began to freckle. And we just, and we just were like, oh my goodness, I don't know if we can make it home. And at this point, the whining had started and that can someone just come pick us up had started and I didn't have my cell phone. And so I didn't know what to do because I couldn't call anybody for help. And I looked at my kids and I'm like, guys, we have no option. We just have to keep going. We feel like nomads wandering in the wilderness of Orange County right now, but we are going to make it home. And so we began the walk home and the hotter it got, the more thirsty we got. And the more thirsty we got, the more irritable we got. And I contemplated a few times, the three of us girls, remember we're slightly dramatic, just lying our bodies out on the floor and hoping that someone would rescue us like the good Samaritan in the Bible. Like the thoughts really did cross my mind. And then I was like, okay, I just don't know y'all. I don't, we made it to Camino del Avion. I don't know if we can actually make it home to our house. The girls are like in tears. I feel like I'm going to die. I might bite someone's head off because I haven't had any water. And, and it is just, everything's going wrong. And then I was like, okay, there's a gas station down Del Avion. Maybe we'll just walk to the gas station. But luckily there was like an ounce of clarity still in my head. And I was like, why would I walk to the gas station? I don't know anybody's phone number because they're all in my cell phone. I can't call anybody for help. I don't have any money. What's anybody going to do for me if we walk to the gas station? We might as well just stay the course. And so we began just talking ourselves into walking home and we made up this chant, Robinson girls won't stop. We're going to make it to the top. Huh? You like it? Okay. We had to really convince ourselves to get home that day. And I just wonder if sometimes we could identify with heading out on the right path in the right direction with a great idea and a big dream. And then at some point in the journey, just feeling like we're wandering, just feeling like I, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I don't really know which direction to go. I'm so tired. I'm so worn out. I'm so thirsty that I'm just irritable with everybody in every situation in my life. Maybe I've been tempted to just change course. But the best thing to do in those environments is just stay the course, right? 
Maybe you identify with the wanderer. And I love what the scripture says just a little bit further in Psalm 107, 4. It says, some wandered in the wilderness, lost and homeless, hungry and thirsty. They nearly died, like us. (laughs) Lord, help. They cried out in their trouble. And he rescued them from their distress. He led them to straight to safety, to a city that they could live in. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. For he satisfies the thirsty and he fills the hungry with good things. Hey, this scripture is telling you and me that if you identify with the wanderer, and maybe you're in a season right now where you started out with great dreams in your heart and you started out with good plans. Maybe you began a faith journey of pursuing God, but you just kind of feel aimless right now. Like you don't know which direction to go. The scripture says they cried out for help and he rescued them. And not only did he rescue them, he satisfied them. So it says where they were thirsty and they were hungry, he satisfied their deepest needs. Listen, when you're feeling thirsty, thirsty or desperate or like there's something missing in your life, the Bible, listen, the Bible's so clear. In Ecclesiastes 3, it says that God has placed eternity in the hearts of men. So there is a desire inside of every human being, a God-sized space inside of every human being that can only be filled by God and God alone. It's the only thing that can satisfy. And God wants to satisfy that need in your life. And it says all we have to do is call out for help. And maybe... This is, it was your story. Maybe you're on the right track now, but this was your story. Hey, at the end, it says, let them praise the Lord because he's done great things. It's time to tell that story about what God did and how he's rescued you. Hey, listen, the second person that the scripture talks about in Psalm 107.10 is the prisoner. The prisoner. It says this, some sat in darkness and in deepest gloom, imprisoned in iron chains of misery. And the Passion Version says this, we were prisoners to our pain, chained to our regrets. I don't know, maybe maybe you could identify with the prisoner today. I really think that what the the author of the Psalms is talking about is, is the prisoner being someone who struggles with fear or anxiety or depression. Maybe you can identify with that today. Maybe that was your story and God has set you free. But I just, I wonder if the scripture, when it talks about they sat in darkness in deepest gloom, imprisoned in chains of misery, there's something about fear that just locks us in a prison and holds us back from experiencing all that God has for us. In fact, fear corrodes our confidence in God's goodness. Fear corrodes our confidence in God's goodness. Anxiety. I don't know if you can identify with anxiety. I heard someone explain it one time as like, you know when you're driving in the car and maybe you're speeding just a little bit and and you see a police officer and he turns his lights on and your heart starts pounding out of your chest? Can anybody in this room identify with that? Am I the only person? Y'all are liars. (laughs) And you're in church. Anxiety is that feeling like when your heart starts pumping out of your chest and you can't slow it down and you just feel so anxious and it won't settle. Like it's just nonstop. It's like gripping inside your stomach. I just feel like your insides are just like clamping down, right? That's anxiety. And it's this thing where your mind won't stop racing. You can't stop thinking. The anxiety is building so much you feel the pressure in your body. That would be like sitting in darkness in deepest gloom. That would feel like chains of misery, wouldn't it? Depression. Hey, you know, the Huffington Post 
put a post on uh, Facebook, and they asked for people to describe what depression felt like to them. And there was 50 different statements, and I just picked four of them because I thought it's important to look at what depression could feel like, deepest and darkest gloom. Somebody wrote this, depression is seeing no future and no answer for any problems in your life. Wow. Another person said, depression is a dark, inescapable place. It's like being locked in a room with no light, windows, or door. It's so dark you can't even see your hands in front of your face, let alone find a way out. That would feel like a prison, wouldn't it? Somebody else said, depression to me is like having your mind replaced by another one that makes me feel worthless and numb to life, even to my own husband and son. It deprives me of feeling anything other than a sense of perpetual sadness, never quite knowing the source of it, but knowing that feeling well. Depression has stolen my confidence, and now I no longer feel I'm worthy of anyone's love. Depression calls me names and makes me have awful thoughts, and there's been times where depression has won and I've overdosed. That feels like darkness and deepest gloom. The last person said this, depression is like being a prisoner and a jailer both. Maybe you are in this room and you identify with that. Maybe you identify with the story, the feeling of being a prisoner to your own shame, regret, fears, anxieties. Maybe you identify. You know, on my birthday, on August 5th, 2010, my 31st birthday, and I know you can all do the math and figure out how old I am now, my 31st birthday, there was a huge news segment that, that came out. And we learned that 33 Chilean men were trapped over 2,000 feet underground in a mine that had collapsed in Chile. Do you remember that, anybody? And for 69 days, every day on the news, we watched as people went in to try to rescue these men. And these men were trapped over 2,000 feet underground. It was dark. It was scary. They had these little headlights where they could possibly see a few things in front of their face. It said in the study that they only had 10 bottles of water, and the rest of it they were having to recycle the water that they used to keep the machines cool just to have something to drink. It says that they had 10 cans of tuna fish, and they would take one bite each man every single day just trying to survive. I imagine that those men were in a place where they felt trapped. I imagine they had moments of feeling like there might not be any hope. I imagine that there was times where they actually doubted that rescue could and would come. But when you hear their stories, you begin to hear that the way they kept their hope alive was by trusting in a God who could rescue them. Their faith is what kept their hope alive inside of them. And I love Psalm 107, verse 13 through 16, because it says this about the prisoner. It says, then we cried out, Lord, help us rescue us. He did. Isn't that good news? Lord, help us rescue us. And he did. 
His light broke through the darkness and led us out in freedom from death's dark shadow and snapped every one of our chains. So lift your hands and give thanks to God for his marvelous kindness. Hey, listen, sometimes we wonder why we come into church on a Sunday morning and we sing these songs that declare words of God's goodness and faithfulness and some people in the room lift their hands high. I do, I can't help it. But the Bible says lift your hands because God's good. It's just this reflection of, I am so grateful right now, right? It says, lift your hands for his marvelous kindness and miracles of mercy for those he loves. For listen, he smashed through prison doors and shattered steel bars that held us back just to set us free. Listen, Jesus has a plan for you and for me that is all about freedom. And I don't know if you're in the room and your current reality is that you are struggling with anxiety or maybe you're struggling with depression or maybe fear has kept you trapped behind a door of impossibility. But listen, the word of God declares that God wants to shatter those doors. God wants to break down the prison doors and only he can do that. The impossible to the possible. God is the God of impossibilities. God can take you out of whatever situation you're in. He can breathe hope into your heart. He can set you free from the prison of fear and anxiety and depression. God can do this for you because he's done it for me. I know this. And maybe that's your story. Maybe it's time to tell people about it. Hey, listen, the third person that the scripture talks about, I like to call this person the rebel. The rebel. It says in Psalm 107, 17, some of us were such fools bringing on ourselves sorrow and suffering because of our own sins. Can you relate to this one? Anybody? I can. You don't have to raise your hand. Have you ever found yourself in a place where maybe your own foolish decisions, maybe the things that you've chose to do have got you into a pit of trouble? I bet in some way, shape, or form, every one of us in this room could identify with that, couldn't we? You know, I asked a, a friend in our church if I could share his story, and, and he graciously obliged. Um, Reuben and his wife, Colleen, have been a part of our church for quite some time, and, and I have heard Reuben's story, and I thought, you know, I feel like I need to share this, because when we talk about the rebel, somebody who knows God but, but just has just decided to do their own thing and go their own way, Reuben told me that in, in 2009, his dad passed away, and his dad was such a great man. Everyone in the community knew him. He loved God. He coached different teams. He was an encourager. Everybody believed in him. And when his dad passed away, I think at only 50 years old, Reuben was just crushed and so angry and really angry at God. Like, God, if he served you all his life and did all of these great things, I don't think I want to serve you. He was so angry that he just decided he was going to go his own way. At this point, Reuben was married to beautiful Colleen, and they had two kids. And about 2010, Reuben found himself hanging out with the wrong crowd, heavily involved in drugs, methamphetamines, really, really life spiraling out of control, making all the wrong choices. In fact, Colleen told me, she said, I didn't even really know him anymore. I, I, one, one day, she, he was just 
completely a different person to her, and, and she couldn't get anything to change. And so she moved out of the house with her two kids and down to Orange County, and, and Reuben just began psych- like going into an endless cycle of just incredible drug abuse. He got involved in gang activity, burglary. He was arrested for burglary and assault on a police officer. He went to, to sentencing and was sentenced to four years in jail. And he went away and was locked away in a prison cell. Now, maybe your story is not quite that intense. Maybe you've never sat in an actual prison cell. Maybe you have. But I bet you can relate to making choices that just get you in the wrong place. And Reuben told me, I knew when I was doing it that I, that I shouldn't be, but I just, I just couldn't turn my life around. And he just kept spiraling into this endless cycle of drug abuse. I think we have a picture of his mugshot he allowed me to share. And when I saw this, I, I, he sent it to me on text, and I texted back, wow, because this doesn't look like the Reuben I know at all. He just was wasting away in this life of sin and shame. And when he sat behind a prison cell, he told me that several days in, after being there and sitting in the prison cell, he had this conversation with God because he knew who God was. And he said, God, if you get me out of here, I will never go back. I will never go back. And I love that the scripture says in Psalm 107, 19, then we cried out, Lord, help us, rescue us. And he did. God spoke the words, be healed, and we were healed, delivered from death's door. So lift your hands and give thanks to God for his marvelous kindness and for his miracles of mercy for those he loves. Bring your praise as an offering and your thanks as a sacrifice as you sing your story of miracles with a joyful heart. Hey, listen, Reuben got out on parole in 2012 and he stayed clean and stayed the course. And his wife told him, if you can stay clean through parole, then I'll take you back. And in 2013, June of 2013, they were reunited and they have a picture here of Reuben and Colleen. Come on, somebody. They have four beautiful children now, right? Three. I almost got, I'm adding another. That's not prophetic. Don't hold on. Hold that thought. Maybe no more kids. Sorry. They have three beautiful kids now. They're serving in the house of God. Reuben was here all day yesterday and Colleen helping us set up, climbing through dumpsters. (laughs) Y'all don't even want to know, but God has redeemed them. And this says, if you're stuck in a pattern of sin or in a pattern of shame, that there is a God in heaven who all we have to do is cry out and say, God, help us. And he'll pull us out of that place and set our feet on solid ground. There is hope for you today. And maybe this is your story and you identify with this. Hey, listen, it's time to tell your story. I think of this last verse that says, sing your story of miracles with a joyful song. I think of the movie Elf where he says, the best way to spread Christmas cheer is sing it loud for all to here. You guys know the movie, right? I'm not asking you to be a walking musical because that would just be weird. So you don't necessarily have to sing your story. But hey, when we come into a time of praise and worship on a Sunday morning, sing the words. Let them be a declaration of your heart, of your gratefulness for what God has done in your life. And then let's go out and tell somebody about it. There's somebody in your neighborhood, at your kid's school, at the Starbucks that you go to, in your office, that needs to know that there's hope. And you know there's hope because you've experienced it. It's time to tell somebody about it. 
The last person, and I'm running out of time so the band can go ahead and get ready. But listen, Psalm 107, 23, this last person we talk about is the shipwrecked. The shipwrecked. It says this in Psalm 107, 23 through 24. Some of us went off to sea in ships, plying the trade routes of the world. They too observed the Lord's power in action, his impressive works on the deepest sea. You see, when I read this scripture, I kind of think that it's talking to the Christ follower. It's talking to someone who knows how good God is. It's talking to someone who's experienced the amazing goodness of God. They know his impressive works, right? Maybe you relate with this. I grew up in church my whole life. I've just always been in a place where I've seen God do amazing things. Maybe that's not your story, but it was mine. And it says in Psalm 107, verse 25, he spoke, talking about God, and the winds rose, stirring up the waves. Their ships were tossed to the heavens and plunged again to the depths. The sailors cringed in terror. Have you ever faced an overwhelming situation that felt like, I don't know how I'm going to make it out? It says they reeled and they staggered like drunkards, and they were at their wit's end. Maybe you're here today and you can identify with that. Being at a place where you just feel like I'm at my wit's end. I don't really know how to go on. The circumstances that I'm up against, if you only knew the details. If you only knew that my marriage is just falling apart. If you only knew the financial crisis that we're in. If you only knew. You know, Jesus said in John 16, 33, I've told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Listen, here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. Listen, I don't know what you're facing, but I do know there will be storms. I do know that just because we serve God doesn't mean that life's perfect. It doesn't mean we won't face situations that cause our faiths to waver. It doesn't mean that there may not ever be a diagnosis in the doctor's office that you never thought you'd have to deal with. Maybe you identify. Maybe for you, a a loved one has passed away. And like Reuben, it's just made you angry. Maybe you're here and you're in the midst of financial crisis. You really don't know how you're going to get out. Maybe you're here and your relationship is just on the rocks. Maybe you're facing a health diagnosis that just scares you. There will be storms. But I love that the scripture says, Take heart, for I've overcome the world. Psalm 107.28 says, to those who are shipwrecked. Then we cried out, Lord, help us. Rescue us. And he did. Listen, someone needs to hear this today. God stilled the storm. He calmed the waves. 
And he used the hurricane, he, he brought the hurricane winds to only a whisper. We were so relieved, so glad as he guided us to safety in a quiet haven. Listen, it doesn't matter what storms you might be facing. It doesn't matter what situations you might be up against. I may not know, but God knows. And there's hope. It says they cried to God, Lord, help. And he rescued us. He calmed the sea. He quieted the storm. And he brought them safely into harbor. Hey, listen, God knows exactly what you're walking through. In the Bible, when we see Jesus, Jesus is walking on water out to a boat in the middle of a storm where the disciples are on the boat and they're freaking out because the storm is crazy and the waves are huge. And Jesus is like, listen, why are you freaking out? And he looks at the waves and he says, peace, be still. And the waves calmed because he's the one that created them in the first place. God is perfectly in control of your life. And even in the midst of a storm, God can carry you through. In 2007, amen, that is worth a hand clap. In 2007, when my dad passed away, he'd been battling cancer for three years. And we'd been praying and believing for a miracle. And I stood in a hospital room and I held his hand as we took him off life support. And I will never forget the storm. I will never forget the waves of emotion. But I'll tell you what, God brought me safely to harbor. In a moment where I felt like I should have been falling apart, I remember sitting in a room in a little chapel with my hands on my knees, and I said, God, how am I even functioning right now? And I just felt this, this still small voice of God just remind me, that's grace. My, 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 my grace is sufficient for you. Listen, if you are the shipwrecked, if you're up against a storm, God's grace is sufficient for you. He can carry you safely to harbor. He's got you. It doesn't matter who you are today. It doesn't matter who you identify with. Whether it's the wanderer, the prisoner, the rebel, or the shipwrecked. The end of this chapter says this in verse 31. So lift your hands and give thanks to God for his marvelous kindness, for his miracles of mercy for those he loves. Let's him exalt him and lift him up. Let's lift our praises in public. Let's let all the people and the leaders know how great and wonderful is our God. Hey, listen, we have a story that to tell. We have a story that needs to be heard. We have something that somebody else needs. You have something that somebody else needs. We've got to begin to open our mouth and tell about how good God is. We've got to begin to share with the world what he's done in our life. Because listen, at the Movement Church, we won't stop till all have heard.
till all have heard. That is our mission. That is our mandate. We won't stop till all have heard. But today, before we go and and we get ready and commissioned to go out and to tell our story, I want to pray for some of you in this room who might identify with one of those people. Maybe you feel wandering. Maybe you feel like you're aimless, like you're moving in the wrong direction, or maybe you feel stuck like you're not moving at all. If you identify with the wanderer, I want to pray with you. If you identify with the prisoner and maybe anxiety or fear or depression has just been overwhelming you, I want to pray for you today because the Bible says, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And Jesus paid a price on a cross for you and for me so that we can walk in freedom. And I believe that God wants to set you free today. And maybe you identify with the rebel and you've just been making foolish choices and it's gotten you into a place that you don't want to be in and today's the day to turn things around the scripture says they cried out to help for the Lord and he rescued them he pulled them out of the deepest darkest place it doesn't matter where you're at it doesn't matter how far you've gone God is ready and available for you today and maybe you feel like the shipwrecked and you feel like your hope has just been lost and I believe today God just wants to bring hope to your heart and to your soul so would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me in this place If you're in this room and you identify with one of those four people, the wanderer, the prisoner, the rebel, the shipwrecked, if you identify with that and you would say, Megan, would you just pray for me? Nobody looking around, every eye closed, every head bowed. If that's you, would you just raise your hand so I know who I'm praying for? There's hands all over this room, all over this room. Let me pray for you today. Lord Jesus, I just pray right now for every person in this room. God, I thank you that you're our hope. God, I thank you that throughout this entire scripture, we see that when we call to you, you are faithful to answer. So for those who are struggling and walking aimlessly, feeling like there's no purpose, questioning what the meaning of life really is, God, today, would you bring hope? God, today, would you just encourage each and every person to know, God, that you've got them in the right place at the right time and that you are doing a work inside of them that only you can do. God, for the prisoner who feels bound up in depression and fear and anxiety, in Jesus' name, I come against it now and I declare freedom in this place in Jesus' name. No more in the name of Jesus. God, I pray for freedom in this place. God, I pray that you would break down the prison doors and that you would help each and every individual walk in your freedom. For the rebel who feels like they've just been going the opposite direction, God, today would you turn them back around in Jesus' name? Would you bring them into a place of freedom? And for those who are struggling with hope, today, God, would you fill this room with your hope and your presence in the name of Jesus, I pray. In the name of Jesus, I pray. And every head bowed and every eye still closed. I'm going to ask just one more question with every head bowed and eye still closed. If you're in this room and you've never started a relationship with God, maybe you've just been, maybe you've just been questioning what do you even believe? I just want to challenge you that there's a God in heaven who loves you. He's got a plan for you. He wants to point you in the right direction and give you hope. And if you would just be willing to open your heart to him, it may be baby steps that he takes you on in a journey, but it's simply the willingness to say, God, I'm going to give you a chance. And if that's you in this room right now, every head bowed, every eye closed, in your own heart, you don't need to pray out loud, but if that's you in your own heart right now, would you just say these simple words? Jesus, I give you my life. If you prayed that prayer with us today, we are so excited to be a part of this journey with you. Please email us at info at 
And if you were not in the area, we would love to help you find another life-giving church near you. Please send us an email at info at theocmovement.com. Thank you again for listening to another inspiring message from the Movement Church.